0: Welcome back to the Glossy Week in Review podcast. I'm fashion reporter Zafias Viglinska and I'm taking over from Danny Parisi, our senior fashion reporter who was out sick this week. I'm here with our editor Jill Manoff to talk about the topics this week. So we've got a couple of really good ones. We're talking about how careers become a fashion brand go-to for exhibitions and shows after the Gucci and Louis Vuitton shows this year how generative AI is about to change how people use search for shopping. And also a little bit about Bali's creative director, Riju Villasenior, who left the label um, this week after just two years. Although I think it's not even been two years. I think it was something like 14 months. So, yeah. 17 months. 17 yeah. months. Yeah, there we go. Um <laughs> All right. So I think we would probably just jump straight in with that. So with Korea, um, I think that the show that Gucci did on Tuesday, I believe, was a real kind of success of cultural um, integration, but also a little bit of fashion and interesting styling from what I saw. And I think that it really highlighted Korea as a growing kind of venue for fashion events. Um, there was already a couple of events from Louis Vuitton who um, have kind of become a mainstay in that area. They've got a lot of people who they're partner with, partnering with celebrity-wise in South Korea. Um, I think it's it's just become a bit of a location. What, what did you think of the show, Jill? Yeah, I mean, I, every,
1: all eyes were on this show. Obviously, it's a unique venue, but also there Gucci's in this kind of transition mode between designers. Um, Alessandro's gone. The new designer doesn't start or his the collection is not Owned by this designer until from Valentino, um, until spring twenty twenty four, until September. So this is kind of a collective that produced the clothes, um, which were good, but to me, yes, the big story, the cult the pop culture hub that is South Korea right now, K pop stars, the the new black pink is this band new jeans. What? The it's just an ambassador <laughs> that every brand is scooping up the members as an ambassador right now. Um, I think Chanel Burberry, um, we all know the power of BTS, K-pop, um, all of these shows, Louis Vuitton and um, Gucci had had squid games, uh, either actors, directors um, in attendance. So anyway, this is a hot hub, the spend of the... Folks in this region, I, there was an amazing stat. It's the highest per capita, per person, um, per person, not just luxury shopper. So the the numbers low. Each person per year mm-hmm. is spending three twenty five on luxury goods. But this is the whole. This is everyone. So um, it's the highest of any any country. So um, that's where that's what's driving the brands. Obviously, they want to get in <laughs> front of these guys. But go ahead. What did you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought the show location was spectacular. Um, you said Squid Games. I think that one of the directors there was responsible for the music for the show. So they've obviously like tapped into you know what was popular at the time. And I think they're coming out with a second season of that show this year. I thought was what was really interesting was that like taking a step away from Gucci was that Louis Vuitton's actually in partnership now with the South Korean Tourism Board. So it's almost like fashion brands are now sponsoring tourism to certain countries, which I don't know if that's really a thing now, but um, I wrote a story yesterday around Coach and its Tabby tour. And one of the things that was highlighted was that their Tabby location in Singapore was actually like put on the list of tourism attractions in The place. So I think it makes sense that now luxury brands are also trying to tie themselves into, you know, hot kind of locations uh, and to try and boost tourism in those areas as well. And Korea is just like a hot place right now. I think it's a very um, big destination when it comes to that. And they got a lot of interesting new designers as well just coming out of the space. Um, I'm personally a big fan of Miss Sohee because they're like a CSM um, alumni. And they did this incredible gold and pink like puffy dress Um, and then Rogue, which is a bit more kind of downstated, more like quiet luxury, I'd say, and Ashlyn as well, who are part of this new cohort of brands coming from the country. But yeah, I think that the K-pop and uh, fashion angle is definitely hitting high. I kind of expect there's going to be a lot more things coming out of South Korea over the next couple of months.
1: Yeah, and really interesting comment you made about the tourism alignment, the the tourism boards and and such. There's so much coming up um, across my inbox with pitches, and that I'm seeing in the news about... Um, brands either, we had this story about mini bar beauty and brands going into hotels. But when, when it comes to like brands getting in on the tourism, the travel wave, everyone's traveling now, you know, every, everyone's revenge getting out of their homes, um, but left and right, but sh- travel's at a high. And so they're um, collaborating with airlines, they're collaborating with hotels, they're collabor- collaborating with Uh, setting up pop-ups internationally. Anyway, it's just everyone's in this state of mind. And P.S., in this show, I think the statement piece that everybody's talking about, which is so fun, (laughs) maybe not practical. Did you see it? This skateboard that has like a uh, laptop pouch underneath. It was like you're holding your laptop under your arm and it's a skateboard. Anyway, it was really fun. (laughs) Wait,
0: was it actually a working skateboard? I mean, they were holding it. It looked like it. (laughs) Who's to say? Oh, my God. Well, that's work and play combined. That's quite fun. (laughs) Totally. All right, moving on to um, the Bali news. So Rigi Villaseñor, who was appointed um, as Bali's creative director in January 2022, has announced this week that he has gone from the brand, um, that he's left it as a mutually kind of respectful decision um, between both the brand and himself. And he was only there for 14 months, which was not very long at all for a creative designer, in my opinion. What did you think of the appointment? And also, like, was this a shock exit now? Or did you kind of think that this was coming?
1: I think it was shocking just because it was so fast. And we, we've we talked yeah. about this before where it's like, give these guys a chance. You're only just starting to... You, you're not going to make a big statement with your first collection. You're kind of easing in. He only turned out two collections. So to me, I mean, I think Bally probably is seeing what other brands have done to be successful, bringing in a streetwear leader. Uh, You mentioned Luigi is from Rude, a luxury streetwear brand in LA, loved by Kendrick Lamar and LeBron James and Kendall Jenner and and it's a totally different vibe. So to bring this person mm. in and have such high expectations when it's out there that they've never even designed women's apparel or accessories, and they they went all in and now they're in charge of this brand's wi- <laughs> women's accessories and, and ready to wear, that's a big leap. And also, yeah. like, it's kind of ill-timed in my mind because, you know, streetwear had its moment. It's it almost like... Virgil like it, like he, he drove this and right now mm. quiet luxury is it quiet luxury which is what Bali is more known for so to bring in somebody an outsider from this a uh, totally different look and realm it, it seems ill-timed to me and maybe they realized that and it was too late I don't know what do you think
0: Yeah, no, that would make sense, actually. Um, I think that, you know, his initial collection that he did was very kind of sexy for the brand. I think it was quite different from, you know, their kind of more traditional assortment. So maybe they want to pull that back. But I did think that it was quite interesting that they actually reported like a 20% year-to-date increase compared to last year. So obviously, he's had some impact um, and it seems like it was very positive. So maybe, you know, if they had taken the time to let him spread his wings, um, that might have resulted in a more fortuitous relationship. But perhaps they were looking at someone a little bit more experienced um, or a little bit more traditional. And I think it was interesting that he tweeted out after the... um, announcement that, you know, he's wanting to build up um, the future for other designers with proper enterprise value and focus on what you own. So I'm assuming that there's a lot of ownership issues, um, or perhaps, you know, a a misdirection when it comes to, you know, the idea of how the brand should look like, how it should appeal to younger customers, like that was something that he was known for at Road. Um, So maybe, you know, he was trying to turn it a little bit too far.
1: Yes, I thought so too, that that was so interesting, because it was was a mutual decision. And then this snarky kind of tweet came out. (laughs) And I was with you at first. I was thinking this is about control. It's talking about what you own. Uh, What is it? Focus Mm. on what you own and build the world, blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, no, no, no. This is about compensation. (laughs) I think maybe he saw the growth. Maybe he felt, I don't know, too big for his britches or had demands. I'm not sure how it went down, but there's this line in here that says, uh, uh, uh how to go Le- proper enterprise value never compromise uh, all this stuff so i don't know to me it's probably it's probably a couple of things but we'll see we'll see what's next it's it's another thing where an, a creative team is taking the control tbd who mm. the next creative leader
0: is um it's just a, a story we've been hearing a lot yeah, I think that there's been a lot of talk right now about, you know, shifting creative designers from being a single person to this kind of collective that designs in the brand image. I'm not sure like how I feel about that because obviously you have some very important and interesting kind of single person creative directors like collaboration is great and it's worked for a lot of brands like even Virgil as you said like he had like a team of people that he would bring out after every show just to show like how many people actually involved in the whole process so I guess every collection like has you know multiple creative inputs but it's a bit sad that you know these young um, creative designers are not getting quite the opportunities that they would have maybe 10 years ago.
1: I agree. And it'll be interesting to see what direction Bally goes down because clearly, you know, the streetwear designer, but Mm. also uh, there were reports that it had moved its store in New York. You know, it was once in Upper East, which is more um, quiet luxury. It's the the old, old money, I guess I would say. And it opened a store in the meatpacking district, which which is cooler, hipper. And it was trying to do, it it picked Mm up um, stores, retailers, including kith and essence, which is definitely um, cool compared to like, I don't know, the Bergdwarfs of the world. So yeah, we'll see what's next.
0: Yeah, interesting times. And we'll move on to our third and final topic and one that I am particularly interested in because there's a lot of fascinating questions going around around it right now. And that is the effect of generative AI on shopping and e commerce search, which has become kind of a very big thing with announcements from both um, Google and Microsoft Bing. And this year, I think Google obviously is the topic Um, that we're covering this week, just because they're the announcement that has come out, I think it was on Sunday. And it's a massive, massive topic around generative AI. Just as a quick kind of knowledge update. Generative AI is the use of neural networks to spot patterns and then create new visual and text content. And a lot of brands have been using it already in some visual imagery for campaigns. Um, but there are a lot of other applications. Um, and I think it's a very exciting space right now, especially for companies who are considering you know, cutting costs, possibly making more efficient plays. And while that might not be the best thing for workers, um, it is a very exciting kind of opportunity in tech. Jill, what are your thoughts on generative AI?
1: I think this is huge. I, I totally agree. We had a speaker at our Glossy Forum this week on Monday, Stephanie Horton, who is like, I mean, the perfectly timed speaker. She's brilliant. Her title is Senior Director of Global Commerce Marketing at Google. Um, and she used the term, and I thought of you, Sophia, that the AI train has left the station. It's like, get on board, folks. But I feel like <laughs> the implications are huge. And I don't know if it's a stretch to say this, but to me, what it reminds me of in terms of like a Google, it's like, I'm old. It's like the difference between looking things up in an encyclopedia to Googling them. And now it's the difference between mm. Googling them and getting, you know, to this move to getting served up, I guess results that put things into context. It takes into account uh, more research that would need to be done. It's just like immediate. Big implications for e-commerce players, but also big implications for folks like us, publishers. Who's going to click in and read this story if you're getting served up this great summary of the only bits you're interested in? I mean, there's much to (laughs) freak out about, but we'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's always about the insights. I think something that I've been seeing a lot this week is that, you know, a person using um, AI will replace you rather than it just being AI itself. So it's more about, you know, how do you get on board with this new tool? How are you going to use it? And more importantly, how are you going to master it? Um, So that it becomes an asset in, you know, whatever job you have. But going back to shopping and kind of search, because obviously that's the thing that Google announced this week, is that they're launching this beta function um, in shopping where they're, as you said, like they're serving up this summary um, of all of the things that you can be buying through Google. Um, And one of the interesting things that I thought was that, you know, most people or 20% of people in this particular stat um, don't go beyond the first page. Page of search, and I think I must say, like, I personally relate to that. Like, going into multiple pages at Google is just a very tiresome task. And um, I think, with the amount of products, the amount of brands that are putting out, you know, different product pages, different um, articles. It kind of gets a bit like you're wading through things, and generative AI is supposed to help that and serve you up something that's going to be very, you know, easy and digestible, which is essentially what the search fun- function is supposed to do. And you know, Google and Bing are not the only ones who are getting in on this. Amazon's also reportedly launching a chatbot to personalize shopping on the platform. So if you've got you know three massive players like Bing, Google, and Amazon getting in on it, I think it's a very um, fair thing to say that it's going to be the key point of conversation for the next couple of months and a lot of brands will have to think about how they're going to target you know generative AI if they're putting together captions or thinking about product descriptions or even just like e-com layout so that it's as I guess, as useful for the customer as possible. Um, And there's obviously a lot of questions around data and how that is used, because that is something that Google has got a big um, amount of data that it stores through various means. Um, And there's been talk about the death cookies. So how does generative AI acquire that data and use it? um, And are there going to be issues with that in the next few years? Any other thoughts? I know that you mentioned Stephanie. Was there any other things coming from our Commerce Week presentation that you thought was ge- interesting around generative AI?
1: Yeah, well, you mentioned
0: product
1: um, descriptions. Shira Sukarmi, CEO of Altazara, they're already using it for product uh, AI, gener- generative AI for product descriptions, um, which is interesting. But also Stephanie, yes. Um, I don't know if she said it, but it. it I, I've been reading around about... Um, how shopping is going to change on online, and first, like Google's business model is going to have to change, or they're going to have to be very smart about how this is happening, because obviously they thrive on advertising dollars. Um, but if you can mm-hmm. just search trending skirts, and that's this was in a story somebody brought this up as an example, and it actually brings you up <laughs> what is trending as opposed to what's um, the brand that's paying Google the most. Anyway, there there are different ways that. People will search and that will be more helpful. And Stephanie did talk about um, Google Lens image search um, and the Mm. evolution of it and how this is catching on. Billions of people using it. Billions? Yes, I believe. Uh, Monthly. And, um, And the evolution where you don't even just say, I want this serve up the image. Um, But you can say, I want this, but in green, or I want this, Mm. but shorter and tighter, whatever. But um, all of these capabilities are coming. And it's, I think it's just this whole new era and way of shopping. And I think it's exciting.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely an area where I think fact-checking might be slightly less important. I'm very interested, as you said, like the revenue model for Google um, with advertisers will have to change um, to make this work. But obviously with um, so many different functions, I've, I've kind of been testing Bing on, on the side with its new generative AI function and asking it lots of different questions. And some of them are good, some of them are not so good. But in terms of search and kind of just coming up with the best uh, I'm not sure if I'd call it personalization, but in the best kind of more suited, more customized results, it sounds like it's, a, it's going to be a very big thing. Thank you, Jill, for being here. And thank you to all our listeners. If you haven't yet, please rate and review the Glossy podcast on whatever platform you use. It really does help us out a lot. And make sure to subscribe. Not only will you hear our Week in Review segment every Friday, but we also interview fashion industry insiders every Wednesday. Who's
1: on next week, Jill? Next week's so fun. I mean, this is not quiet luxury. This is Michael Costello, a designer, um, also that has this ongoing collaboration with Revolve that has really been become a huge part of his business. Uh, he dresses Jennifer Lopez, uh, Celine Dion, like superstars. So it's super fun. Check it out.
0: right man. See you next week.